Hey DCL fans, it's Wes. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, consider booking your trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Not only can we answer all your questions and help you with all the planning details, but we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences. You're going to pay the same whether you book directly with Disney or with a travel agent, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 69 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes, and <laughs> this is quarantine episode number five for me. Uh, if you if you would have uh, told me back in mid-March that we would still be doing this halfway through May, I definitely would have told you that you were crazy. Um, but uh, here we are, and, and I hope I hope you and your families are staying safe and healthy. Um, I've <laughs> I've never you probably all feeling the same way, but I've never felt more like I need a vacation um, than I do now, and I'm it's funny. I, I always say I, I could really use a vacation, but I really, those words have never meant so much and been uh, so true as they, uh, as they do right now. But um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really hoping that, that we're going to be able to take uh, a vacation somewhere this year. We do have our, our California trip planned for late September that we're trying to stay optimistic about. So uh, we will see about that. Uh, really hoping that that, uh, that that comes through and that works out. Um, you probably saw last week that Disney Cruise Line extended its canceled sailings through the end of July, uh, with guests booked on those, on those sailings, uh, offered the same thing that they've been offering, um, all the other cruise passengers. That's 125% future cruise credit, uh, or a full refund. I'm really hoping that this, uh, will be the last announcement for canceled cruises, um, but I have uh, a couple thoughts on that that I will be sharing later in this episode. Um, for this week's episode, I thought it'd be fun to do a little Q and A. Uh, I haven't <laughs> I haven't done one of these in a long time. Uh, I was looking back, and it, it's been a long time since I did a, a Q and A. Um, but <laughs> but after I put out the request for questions, I was. I was thinking that my timing uh, was pretty terrible. There's so much that is up in the air related to Disney Cruise Line, and, and people have so many questions that really only certain people at Disney itself can answer. Uh, there's a lot of questions that people have that nobody has the answers to right now. Um, but I, I've been I've been staying up to date on the current news, and I've tried to do some reading between the lines. Uh, so for those of you who had questions related to what is going on right now, um, um, I'll give you my thoughts on those. Just know that it's 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 all speculation for now, and uh, nothing is uh, officially confirmed until Disney comes out and uh, and says it themselves. Um, so I'll do my best. Um, so before we get started, I, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone uh, and to all those uh, of you who left me a question on Facebook or on Twitter. I even I even got a few uh, questions through private private message. So. Uh, thank you to everyone who participated. So we'll start with Facebook first. Um, I got a, f- a bunch of questions on Facebook, and then uh, I'll go to the Twitter questions after. 
Very first question right off the bat, pretty quickly after I even posted um, uh, posted the, the question or the request for questions, um, I got a question from Ed uh, that says, why is Rapunzel's Royal Table the best restaurant in the fleet? And uh, I knew he was probably trolling me a little bit because he... He he knows how I f- he, he knows that the Rapunzel's uh, royal res- royal table is not my uh, my favorite restaurant. So I told him I'd tell him why it's not the best restaurant in the fleet, and we had a, a few back and forth. So um, thanks, Ed, for the question. My favorite restaurant in the fleet is actually Animator's Palette uh, on either the Magic or the Wonder. Uh, I've said it before on the show uh, many times, probably that the uh, Animators Palette restaurants on the on the classic ships are, are are my favorite restaurants. I just love the atmosphere. I love the experience. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love Rapunzel's Royal Table. Tangled is probably in my top five favorite Disney movies. My family is a, a huge fan of Tangled, and we love Rapunzel. Um, and and the uh, we love Rapunzel's Royal Table. It, it's great, and it maybe has one of the best restaurants. I can't. Or, uh, excuse me, desserts. Uh, I don't know exactly. Can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's the one that comes in the frying pan. Uh, it's absolutely delicious, and one of the few desserts that I actually uh, look look forward to um, on these cruises. But uh, the reason that it's not my favorite, I, I just I, I I feel like depending where you're seated uh, in that restaurant, you can get a different experience. And and each time that we have um, eaten. Uh, or each cruise that we've been on, on the Magic, we we've been seated at a spot that wasn't that close to the stage where, uh, where most of the action happens. And yes, I know that, um, you know that Rapunzel and the pug, the pub thugs, uh, move all around the restaurant and kind of interact with the guests, which I think is awesome. It's great, and you know Rapunzel has always been fantastic on our cruises. But the stages can be really far away if you're seated kind of toward the back of the restaurant. It's hard to you know see what's going on up there. Uh, it's a little you know it's a darker restaurant, so that you know the lighting is 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 dim. Um, so it, it just, to me, it feels like one of those restaurants where depending where you're seated, you get a different experience. Uh, and I, I'm not a huge fan of, of that. I feel like with animators palette, you pretty much have the same dining experience, uh, no matter where you're sitting. And I'm talking about the, the classic, uh, version animators palette, because I think that's also true on the, uh, the dream class ships that you can have a different experience, uh, depending where you're sitting. Uh, even in animators palette, but in, uh, on the classic ships, no matter where you're sitting, you, you know, you can, you can look at the, uh, the, the drawings on the wall and you can watch them come to life and you can really just have that full experience. You have the music playing, uh, and then Mickey comes out at the end, he's playing the phantasmic music and, uh, you know, walks around the restaurant. It's just a really awesome experience. So that's my favorite restaurant. That's the reason why I, you know, it is my favorite restaurant and that's why Rapunzel's Royal Table is not my favorite Although I, I would still probably put it in my top three. So uh, thanks, Ed, for the question. I, I hope I didn't let you down. If Rapunzel's Royal Table is uh, your favorite restaurant, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I love that restaurant. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's not my favorite, and it's not the best. And with that being said, the best menu on the fleet is the Enchanted Garden main dining restaurant menu uh, on the Dream. I think it's the same menu on the Fantasy. I've experienced it most recently on the Dream, but it definitely has the best 
one-two punch with uh, with the appetizer and main course uh, meals. The appetizer that you can't miss is the ahi tuna and avocado tower. It is so good. It's definitely the best appetizer um, on on a Disney cruise. Definitely get it if you uh, if you're if you're in um, Enchanted Garden. Don't let it don't let it freak you out. It you know it is the raw tuna, but it is so delicious. It's uh, with oh they give you some soy sauce to put on there. Oh it's it's so good. It's like sushi grade. Um, uh, it's a sushi grade appetizer. It's delicious. And then the main course that you definitely don't want to miss is the caramelized sea scallops. Uh, it is just the best dining experience that you'll have on a Disney cruise. Don't miss uh, this night uh, on your cruise and definitely get those two things off the menu. You won't be disappointed. So there you go. Those are, that's my, uh, my full opinion on uh, main dining restaurants on the Disney Cruise fleet. The next question is from Joe, and that is Joe from backtothemouse.com. Uh, if you can't get a room at the back of the ship, what is the next best veranda room to get? So thank you, Joe, for the question. Of course, I have said it many times that my favorite uh, staterooms on the Disney Cruise ships are the Category 5E staterooms, which are the ones that uh, are on the very back of the ship on the Dream and the Fantasy. And they have extended verandas, so the verandas are huge. Uh, we got to stay in one uh, last November when it was just my wife and I. It was actually one of the uh, handicap accessible rooms. It was one that they assigned to us uh, close closer to our uh, our sale date. But the room was huge. The veranda was huge, and that was one of the ones that was kind of on the the corner of the ship. But we stayed in the one of the ones on the very back of the ship too, uh, and the the verandas are just huge. So those are those are my favorite staterooms on all the Disney cruise ships. Uh, but the question says, if I can't get one of those rooms, what's the next best veranda to get? So for me, that would be uh, the category 5D on the Fantasy and the Dream. Uh, it's on deck six, and that is for families of four. Uh, so if you're on, if you're a family of uh, five, I believe it's category 4D. But it's you know, there's staterooms that are mostly forward and aft, but if you book early enough, you can get rooms that are pretty close to the midship elevators. Uh, and based on my experience, those rooms that are close to the midship elevators are always the ones that, uh, that book up, book up the quickest, but they're really the, the cheapest full size veranda staterooms that you're going to get. Uh, I should say the, the least expensive, <laughs> they're not cheap by any means, but they're the, the, uh, the lowest cost full size verandas that you're going to get. They're going to be on a lower deck. So like I said, these ones on the dream and the fantasy are on deck six. And so, you know, they're going to be closer to the kids clubs, which could either be a positive or a negative, depending on which way you look at it. I don't think it has any uh, impact on, you know, my cruises, especially if you, you know, you, you get a, a stateroom on the starboard side of the ship. Uh, but it's also going to be closer to the main lobby. It's going to be closer to the Walt Disney Theater. Going to save you a little bit of walking to those places. Um, it's kind of centrally located. You know, you have the same amount of uh, decks above you that are places that you want to go as there are uh, decks below you uh, of places that you want to go. So, you know, really pretty good locations for these uh, for these staterooms. Um, those equivalent staterooms on the Magic and the Wonder are going to be your Category 5C. Those are also on deck six, and, and there's also a few that you can find on deck five, but uh, in my opinion, if I can't get a 5E, those would be the next best uh, family state family uh, state rooms with verandas uh, to look out for. So 
There are other ones that have navigators verandas or obstructed view verandas or white wall verandas. Those ones are great, and they're you know they're less expensive than uh, than the uh, than these five D category five D staterooms. But you know for because I like the full size, I like having the big verandas. The five D is the one that gives you the full size veranda, um, and it's the cheapest one that allows you to do that. So uh, if you but if you are just looking for a veranda to get a little bit of fresh air, those uh, those Navigators verandas or obstructive view ones uh, are great. The next question is from Ryan A. What is the best excursions in Tortola and St. Thomas? So, uh, St. Th- I'll start with St. Thomas. St. Thomas is one of my favorite islands that uh, the, the Disney Cruise ships visit. I really love going to St. Thomas. Um, the island is beautiful, and what I really love about going to St. Thomas is it's is its proximity to St. John. Uh, my wife and I got to go there by ourselves before we had kids, and we just loved the island of St. John. It's breathtaking. It's beautiful. And uh, so, you know, we like to do that. And I'll get into that here in a, uh, in a few minutes or a few seconds. But um, so the only shore excursion that we have officially done in St. Thomas uh, was taking the tram up to the top of Flag Hill, which is that um, hill or mountain or whatever you want to call it that's right across the street from the port. You can literally see the tram going up the mountain uh, from where the ship is docked. But um, we went with my family when we were there one time. It's relatively inexpensive. I can't remember the exact cost to, to go up to the top. But um, there's a gift shop up there. There's a restaurant and, there, and a bar up at the top. Uh, when my family was there, we got some appetizers and some drinks. But the views are just spectacular. There's an awesome view of the ship that's docked right there. And then, you know views as far as you can see you could you can see um some of the nearby islands it's just beautiful up there so you know if you're if you don't have much planned or or uh don't plan on doing uh anything else in st thomas it's a pretty easy uh shore excursion to do or port adventure you don't have to book it through disney cruise line um you can get the tickets right at the tram and i i want to say it was like 12 dollars a person or something to uh to go up and down so relatively inexpensive, and and I thought it was a, a great shore excursion. Um, but I would recommend doing an excursion that takes you over to St. John. So we did the St. John Champagne Catamaran Sail and Snorkel, which is a port adventure that's still available on the Disney Cruise Line website. And so you, what you do is you just you board an open air safari, which <laughs> sort of was a was an adventure in and of itself because there's some pretty narrow roads that uh, that they take you on, and the drivers are a little bit crazy, but uh, that was a lot of fun. So you, you take this open air safari out to uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it. You pick where where you pick up a catamaran. So you jump on the catamaran, and it's roughly an hour ride. Uh, over to St. John on this catamaran. Well, I should say it's an hour on the way over because they, they, they take their time. Um, but the, the water is just this beautiful blue color. It's sparkly. Um, and, it, 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 you know, the, the, the warm air was blowing your face. It was, it was awesome. Um, and then it takes you over to uh, St. John, obviously. We went to this secluded beach i can't remember the the exact name of the beach but um there was nobody there uh, it was just our uh port adventure i think there might have been another cruise ship that uh that brought some people over as well but not very crowded 
Um, we got to snorkel with sea turtles and a bunch of fish. It was pretty good snorkeling. The, all the snorkeling was included. Uh, snorkel clip equipment was included. Um, and just make sure that you bring your underwater camera or whatever you want to use to take pictures because uh, you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, and then on the way back, they had this bread, cheese, fruit uh, spread for you to, to, uh, to eat. They had some champagne, they had rum punch, and they had some other drink options on the ride back. The ride back is a little bit quicker. They do go a little bit faster uh, when they're when they're returning you to uh, back to St. Thomas, but definitely recommend uh, trying to get over to St. John if you can. We also researched a visit to St. John on our own um, one time when we were supposed to visit. We didn't end up doing it. Um, there is a public ferry that uh, that leaves from St. Thomas every half hour or hour or something like that, but uh, it doesn't cost a whole lot. I don't remember exactly what it was from when we were doing our research, but um, and I think it's pretty easy to get to from the uh, port where the, the cruise is docked. But when you get over to St. John, there's tons of beautiful, beautiful beaches. There's a, a brewery that we, we really wanted to check out. Um, there's restaurants. So, you know, I I love going over to St. John when we visit St. Thomas, but uh, there's lots to do on St. Thomas as well. It's a, a beautiful island. As for Tortola, so we have actually not been to Tortola yet. We were supposed to visit Tortola on an Eastern Caribbean cruise before we got uh, diverted to St. Martin because of hur Hurricane Dorian uh, a few years back. So we had done a ton of research on Tortola uh, before before that cruise because I think they switched us not too long uh, before our actual cruise. Um, and the most popular shore excursion that we were finding seemed to be a trip to the baths. So if you know if you were if you were asking me what would I recommend, that's what I would recommend because that's what we were hoping to do. The one caveat though is, um, one, Disney doesn't have, uh, any port adventures there that, you know, that take you to the baths for small kids, uh, because it's apparently not very easy to get to. Uh, there's some, I guess some terrain that's not easy to navigate and it's harder for younger kids. So, um, that was one consideration. We were, we were still thinking of trying to make it over there privately on our own. Um, but uh, obviously, we never, never got to visit because of the hurricane. So that's something that we probably would try to do if we, if we, if and when we we make it back there next time. I've also heard that there are some great snorkeling excursions uh, in Tortola that uh, that you know we we might try to check out too. So sorry, I can't give you any specifics. I just uh, I haven't been there uh, personally, so I don't want to recommend something uh, that I could get myself in trouble for. <laughs> All right, this is a Disney World question. I This is the only one that I got uh, of this, but uh, one I did ask for Disney and Disney Cruise uh, questions. So Joe T. asked, what is the best character breakfast at Walt Disney World? So this might be an unpopular opinion, but we really enjoyed the brunch that we had at Hollywood and Vine inside Hollywood Studios. Um, the food was great and, and the kids liked all the characters. So the brunch when we were doing it was Disney junior characters. So it was, um, it was fancy Nancy. It was Vampirina, uh, Goofy was there and there was one other one. Uh, but I don't, now I'm not remembering, uh, who it was, but anyway, if your kids are into Disney junior, we thought that was a great character breakfast. Um, chef Mickey's 
at the contemporary we also have have really enjoyed that one is great because it gets you your classic characters you know mickey minnie uh goofy and donald i believe it was don't quote me on that but chef mickey's was great too uh, but uh, I would say that Hollywood and Vinyl was probably our favorite. I think we just like the food the best there. I mean, it's all kind of the same. It's all, um, you know, buffet style and, you know, you, you get your classic uh, bacon, egg, sausage, uh, potatoes, and some other stuff mixed in there. But we really liked Hollywood and Vine. Uh, so that's what I would pick as the best character breakfast at Walt Disney World. All right, this uh, this one really gets into some good stuff here. This question is from John M. He asks, what day will sailings start again? That is definitely the million-dollar question. What will the changes be? Will there be character meetups and signings? How about the kids' clubs? Will they make us eat in our rooms now to eliminate everyone being together at once? So this one is a, a real head scratcher. I, uh, I, I can't say I know definitive. I, I don't know the answer definitively to any of these questions, but um, I, I'm going to do my best here to kind of give you my thoughts on, you know, where I'm coming from and, and what I'm, what I've been thinking. So uh, I, I, I hope I'm going to get to all of those questions. Um, but if I, if I miss one of them, uh, forgive me. So my first thought is just, you know, when can sailing start again? Well, the CDC has to first lift its no sail order. So the, the cruise lines aren't going to do anything until um, until that is lifted. I, I can't remember the... I meant to look it up and I forgot to do it before I, before I came on here. But I don't remember the exact date that that, uh, that, that restriction uh, goes until right now. But I nothing's going to happen until that no sale order is lifted. So that's, that's step number one. Um, you might've seen, I was tweeting it out, uh, a few couple weeks ago, maybe that carnival announced that it is resuming or it's planning to resume, uh, operations on August 1st. And so, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Disney cruise lines cancellations currently go through July 28th. Uh, and when carnival announced that I thought maybe, Maybe that's kind of Disney's plan because they've been kind of following a couple days after the Royal Caribbean Carnival uh, news announcement. So that was my that was my original thought. But then Disney had its uh, its quarterly earnings call sometime last week, and um, you know one of the questions in the Q and A session that came after someone asked uh, someone asked. Uh, what their thoughts were, you know, just about Disney Cruise Line in general. And Bob Chapek um, had an interesting answer. He said that he he thought that the cruise line would be Disney's last travel business to open back up. And so that, you know, that gave me a little bit of pause um, just in the, just because given that there are not even any public plans yet for the domestic parks to open. Uh, you know, I know Disneyland in Shanghai just opened and I think that's probably, they're using that as sort of a, uh, a blueprint for what to do, uh, here in the United States. But, you know, we haven't even seen any plans for the, the, uh, for Disney world and Disneyland in the United States to open yet. So the fact that Bob Chapek sort of speculated that Disney cruise line would be the last of its travel, uh, businesses to open back up, I, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if it's possible that it could get extended beyond that August, uh, first date. So I don't know. That's kind of, 
that's kind of where I'm at. I'm opti- I'm trying to be optimistic about August 1st, but if I had to guess, um, I would say that it'll probably get uh, extended beyond August 1st, but uh, hoping that's not the case. So what changes will there be? So this one, I'm also very curious to hear uh, the answer on as well. I saw an article, this is kind of interesting, from InsideTheMagic.net not too long ago. I think it was last week or the week before that. Um, but I went to, when I was you know preparing for the show and doing some research, I went to go find that article and they it's gone. It's not there anymore. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But um when I had read it, it, you know, they reported one that they thought that it was going to be outside staterooms only. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, they, they're only going to allow people to sail, um, on with veranda staterooms, which who knows, uh, if that, you know, if there's any, uh, truth to that or not, I, this was just from the article. Uh, it also said no buffets, so it'll just be quick service and uh, and table service only. Uh, the article also talked about spacing in the Walt Disney Theater. So, you know, sitting with families, but then having so much space required in between the next families, um, you know, which seems to make sense. Character meets, you know, it's hard to say on those. It, you know, it feels like... Um, one of those things where if they're trying to reduce people kind of congregating together and, and touch points that, you know, maybe that's something that, that they have to have to get rid of. So we'll see on that. I'm not sure, but you know, some of the other things that have been thrown around is reduced capacity. So, uh, one of the things that I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing is, are they going to have incentives for, for people to give up their cruises? So if, you know, if you have a cruise booked in September, October, November, December, and you know, they're sailing at 50% capacity or whatever, are they going to give people incentive to not go on those cruises or do they even need to? I mean, it's possible that capacity is already low enough based on canceled trips, but, uh, that's something I've been thinking about. And then just the the, the other thing is I, I'm really, really, really curious about uh, the status of the Disney Wish and the two other ships. You know, there was a question asked to uh, on the on the earnings call about those ships, about those orders, and they 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 avoided the question altogether. So they they didn't say anything about the ship. So. I, <laughs> I'm guessing that the the timing of the wish is probably going to be extended, be pushed out a little bit, and hopefully not canceled altogether. I really hope that's not the case, but um, but that remains to be seen. So, as far as you know, will they make a scene in our rooms? I have no idea. That seems like a uh, a bit of a stretch. I I feel like they could space people out, especially with reduced capacity. They could space people out around the dining uh, the dining restaurants so that you're you know you're far enough away. Uh, to not be um, a danger to other families, so we'll see. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're gonna do, but that's. Those are just some of the, you know, some of the things that I've been thinking about. Here is another question from Joe at Back to the Mouse. Uh, what is one change you would make to each of the four ships? 
<laughs> this was a really tough one. I actually spent probably the most amount of time as I was preparing for this uh, show on this question because it was really hard for me. So I ended up going with practical. I I I could have come up with some other things, but that you know those would have been more fundamental changes, and and I you know I wasn't going there. It seems more appropriate. You know those those types of changes seem more appropriate for a new ship like the Wish. Um, so I just, for this question, I went with, uh, changes that are more practical. Um, I'll start with the dream class ships. So for the dream, I I'd love to see the dream sail more of the longer itinerary. So I love the dream. It's, uh, I, I, I like it better than I like the fantasy and I, it'd be nice to see it sail, you know, some of those six and seven night, uh, itineraries more often. Um, you know, it's it pretty much does the the standard three and four night cruises to the Bahamas. Um, it'd be great to see the Dream sail some uh, some longer itineraries. For the fantasy, I, I probably just would love to see it either it or the Dream. But I'll, I'll since I already did the Dream, I'll, I'll call it the fan. I'll do it with the fantasy. But I'd love to see it change up one of the main dining restaurants. I don't like that the Dream and the fantasy have the same restaurants. I just feel like. With all the you know IP that Disney has at its disposal and all the creativity that it can come up with, the fact that they put the same restaurants on the two ships just seems um, seems silly to me. So I'd love to see the Fantasy have uh, different main dining restaurants than the Dream, and that that's true across the fleet. I wish all all whatever all uh, twelve restaurants were completely different. So on to the Magic class ships. For the Wonder, I would love to see the Wonder have a slide or a water coaster. I thought for sure when it did its dry dock after the Magic had done hers and added the Aqua Dunk that, you know, it was a pretty much a no-brainer that the Wonder was going to be getting a, you know, some sort of slide or, or, or water experience. Um, but uh, it didn't, uh, and and I don't know, I, I haven't sailed on the Wonder since uh you know since the magic got the aqua dunk so it's possible that i wouldn't even miss it but uh, i don't know it just feels like it, it should have something like the like the rest of the rest of the ships do but it spends you know a bunch of time in alaska so i kind of understand why uh, why that didn't happen <laughs> and finally for the magic this is going to be a huge cop out and you know joe might be a little bit mad at me but i couldn't come up with anything uh for the magic i i love the magic and i love the wonder even you know i love the classic ships there's not a whole lot that i would change about them maybe just modernize them uh completely so yeah maybe you know a modern makeover to the magic but i love the magic it has uh everything it's it's perfect and uh i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything so, uh, sorry, Joe. Sorry that I couldn't come up with anything a, a little bit more uh, creative. All right. This next question is either from Doug or Derek at Rope Drop Radio. I'm not sure which one submitted it. Um, why do you think Disney has avoided Central American ports like Belize, Honduras, or Costa Rica? So it's a good question. Uh, thanks for the question. The Wonder actually did visit Punta Arenas, Costa Rica, on a westbound Panama Canal cruise in April of 2018. So uh, it did visit Costa Rica. That's the only time I can recall I did not go back through every single uh, Panama Canal cruise that the Wonder has ever sailed uh, to see if there were any others. But uh, I do know that the Wonder did visit Costa Rica uh, back in 2018. 
As far as the other ones, um, my my guess is is it it's just because these ports are just so far south uh, that the Panama Canal cruises are really the only ones that it makes sense uh, for these ships to visit right now. Just because you know the the wonder, or excuse me, the magic, the dream, and the fantasy don't spend a whole lot of time in that Southern Caribbean area. Um, that that's probably the reason. And they just, you know, they probably make more money sailing to the Bahamas and to the the Caribbean that they don't, you know, they feel like they don't need to uh, to visit these these uh, um, countries. But I was reading that um, Carnival and Royal Caribbean do sail to Honduras and Belize from Galveston. Um, and so obviously the wonder visits Galveston, uh, for, for pieces of the year. So I think it'd be pretty cool for Disney to maybe try and, and, uh, you know, give this a shot. And instead of some of the, the Western Caribbean and Bahamian itinerary, itineraries, maybe sail down to, um, you know, down to Belize and Honduras and just see how that works out. So who knows, maybe, you know, maybe when the wish comes online and they're, you know, they're trying to figure out what, what the, the other ships are going to be doing. Uh, maybe this could be a possibility. So uh, that would be awesome. I think I've heard great things about Belize. Haven't heard a whole lot about Honduras, but I'd, I'm I'm all for visiting those countries. I think that'd be great. This next question is from my good friend Barbara. Um, Barbara is wondering when is Disney going to change its Castaway Club tiers. I think that is a great question, and I'm sure Barbara is really wondering this. Barbara has uh, is was my guest, you know, a few months back, who uh, has been on. I, I can't even remember the number. I think it's 89 cruises. She's been on 89 Disney cruises, and she is a platinum Castaway Club member. That that just that just doesn't seem right. So I I can understand uh, why um, why Barbara is asking this question. And uh, I've actually been talking about this for a long time. I feel like there should be, and I feel like there will be a change, and it's probably going to happen either roll out before the the wish comes out, or you know, in uh, in conjunction with the rollout of the wish. I, I just I feel like you know it's been a long time coming. It makes sense to have another tier, and uh, I just. I, I, it, it seems silly that you know you can we, we have people who are upwards of a hundred cruises and there's only three uh, castaway clubs uh, statuses. So the other interesting thing was I took a, a survey a few months back uh, that was completely focused on the castaway club. So it you know it asked questions about the welcome back gifts and what kind of gifts have we gotten in the past. What do we do with the gifts? Do we enjoy the gifts? What else? What other gifts would we like to see? It talked about some of the Castaway Club perks. Um, you know, what perks would we like to see? I, and some of them I thought were really interesting. I, if I tweeted about uh, the survey that I took, not I think it was back in March. So um, you can go back and look at the questions that that were asked. But um, you know, it was all around the Castaway Club. Uh, and one of the questions actually did mention a, uh, a fourth castaway club level. So it does seem like, you know, Disney is kind of focused in on this and, you know, is probably considering making a change. Um, and I, I just think it makes sense. You know, it, it's for someone who has been on, uh, 10 cruises to be the same castaway club, uh, status as someone who's been on a hundred cruises just seems uh, a little bit silly to me. So, um, 
We'll see. I, I think it's going to happen. I think there will be at least a, a, a fourth tier, if not a fourth and a fifth tier. So um, hopefully hopefully they make that change. And hopefully they add some really great perks on too. It'd be, it'd be awesome to... I think, I think the you know, the onboard booking credit or, uh, excuse me, the onboard booking incentive, the 10% off for, uh, future cruisers. If you book on board, I think the platinum Castaway club members should get that, but that's, that's just me. Uh, who, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll hope for it. Chris S says, what do you hope to see Disney do as they start cruising again? So this this is another great question that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, and my answer is probably not what you would expect. My my answer to this is I hope they change as little as possible. I think the you know the Disney Cruise experience as it was before all of this was um, you know it was amazing. It was something that. You know, it had it had repeatability. People want to keep going on these cruises because of the atmosphere and and the magical feeling that it gives you. And I just think if they you, if they start to impose a lot of restrictions and requirements like wearing masks and um, social distancing requirements, and uh, you know you can't eat at the buffets. There's no self service. You know, I I totally I totally understand the um, the health precautions around all this, and 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 I and I think Disney will do whatever it has to do to keep people safe, and I think they should. I just hope that you know they can find a way to minimize that impact and still be able to uh, you know to deliver on on keeping keeping people safe and healthy, because obviously that is the number one priority. But I also don't want it to take away um, from the cruise experience that that everyone everyone really loves. And uh, I don't know how they do that. I'm glad that I don't have to, you know, figure that out and make those decisions. And, you know, I just, I don't want the cruise experience to change a whole lot because I think it's going to, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it may start to turn people off a little bit toward um, toward cruising if, you know, if there's all these restrictions imposed. So we'll see. I it's a hard question to answer. I, the one thing that I did come up with, and I and I hope that you know maybe they think about doing this, is it'd be great if they could extend the pay and full dates to give guests more time to make a decision. So, you know, as a as a travel agent, I I have a lot of people uh, that I work with who are planning to take cruises later in this year. We're planning to take one ourselves, and you know, I get the question a lot. You know, what do we do? My payment and full date is coming up soon. And, uh, it's really hard to, it's really hard to tell people, you know, one way or another, I, I usually just try to say, you know, stick out as long as you can and just hope we get more information and, uh, and see, you know, hope everything works out, but it'd be great if Disney could extend the, those pay and full dates, uh, to give guests a little bit more time to make a decision. Um, I think that'd be really helpful. And I think a lot of people would really appreciate that, that, you know, giving them, I don't know, 30 days to decide rather than the, the 90, uh, the 90 plus days. So, uh, I'd love to see Disney, Disney do that, but we'll see. I, I, am not sure that that's something that'll happen. I'm sure they want to get people, uh, committed and, uh, but we'll see. All right. The next question is from Sheila G. Um, do you think anyone would be interested in seven day or longer cruises to nowhere where you have mostly sea days and, and only go to Castaway Key? Um, that wouldn't be far from the U S and could be evacuated easily if people get sick. Um, the answer to the first question is 
Absolutely. Yes, I think people would be interested in, uh, you know, a seven day cruise with just sea days and Castaway Key. I know that's something that I would be interested in, especially if there were two stops at Castaway Key. That almost sounds like like a perfect itinerary. If you had a, a seven night cruise, uh, two days at Castaway Key and then five days at sea sprinkled in there, that just uh, sounds absolutely amazing. So I would definitely be interested in that. And I, I do think I do think that there may be some shuffling of itineraries coming up uh, just based on, you know, some we, we read recently that uh, I think it was Grand Cayman. Was it Grand Cayman? I believe it was Grand Cayman that is, is closing its ports um, for a long time. So, you know, depending on uh, these destinations that may or may not be open, they may may need to shuffle around some itineraries. So we could see a little bit of that as well. So uh, it's going to be very interesting next uh, couple months. Uh, I think we're going to find out find a lot out. Excuse me. I think we're going to find out a lot uh, in the next month or two. So I'm hoping so anyway. Betty Joe asks, do you think Disney Cruise Line will sail to Asia? And the answer, my answer to that is yes, I do believe that uh, Disney Cruise Line will sail to Asia eventually. I think probably not until the third ship uh, is in the fleet, if and when that ever happens. I think uh, they will send probably the magic of the wonder over to Asia and just let one of those two ships live out their life uh, in Asia. Um, that's been my thought for a while, but... Again, we'll see. All right, so that is it for the Facebook questions. Let's move over to the Twitter questions, um, and I'll try to go through these uh, these pretty quickly so that we don't uh, go too long here. Um, Joe, again, back to the mouse, at back to the mouse, what are some activities that are included with the cost of your cruise fare? What activities have an additional charge? Thank you, Joe, for the question. I very much appreciate that. I did a an entire episode about what is included in the cost of your cruise fare. So I am going to refer you in this question to episode number 44. Uh, it's uh, called What's Included, and that will answer all of these questions for you. So go check that out. Uh, it'll tell you everything you want to know. This question was from at Rope Drop Radio. Um, if you were to create a new menu for the Pirate Night Buffet, what would it include? I <laughs> I was going to just skip this question because I, I don't have a great answer for it and I'm a little embarrassed about my answer. Uh, but I figured in fairness, since the question was submitted, I didn't want to overlook it. So uh, <laughs> we actually have never attended the Pirate Night Buffet. So <laughs> by the time the buffet rolls around, we are not hungry and we're usually so exhausted that the last thing we want to do is go uh, and stuff our faces after we've watched the fireworks. So I, I can't tell you what, you know, what else I would uh, would want to include in the Pirate Night buffet because I don't know, you know, if there's anything that I'd be missing. Um, I, I just I can't say I unfortunately I I just want to go to bed after the fireworks. Uh, so I apologize to Derek and Doug, whoever, uh, submitted that question. I don't have a great answer for you on that one, but we'd, be, we'd love to hear your, uh, your answer. So, uh, let me know sometime. Sarah. Oh, I thought this was a great question. I have never spent any money at the spa over our four cruises. What is worth it? If anything, 
are there any noticeable differences between the classic and the newer ships? So, uh, my wife and I have spent a little bit of time in the spa, all of it when we haven't had kids. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a little tougher if you have kids, obviously there are the, uh, you know, the kids clubs and the nursery options. If, you know, if you really want to get away to the spa, you, you know, you can do that. Um, so we have done several couples, Swedish massages, uh, in the spa, which are fantastic. I would highly recommend those. Um, relatively expensive, I would say, uh, but totally worth it. It's super relaxing and you just feel so good afterward. Um, the one thing I would recommend if you're going to do any treatment at the spa, <laughs> ask them ahead of time not to give you the sales pitch at the end because that that is just, that bugs me when they do that. So just to tell you what I'm talking about, they use, um, you know, these creams or whatever as they're doing their massages and afterwards they you know they try to sell them to you and they they tell you like you know you had this really bad knot in your shoulder that's probably caused by such and such use this cream and you know it'll help you with that remedy and i i don't know it, that just you just have this really relaxing uh spa treatment you feel you're feeling really good and now you have to sit through this you know 10 to 15 minute sales pitch and it's just i don't know it's it's really frustrating and you really just want to get out of there and try to, you know, you don't want to be rude, but you just, ugh, I, I hate sitting through those. So ask ahead of time not to get the sales pitch at the end. That would be my, uh, my biggest suggestion, but definitely recommend the sweetest massages. We also visited the rainforest room, uh, on our last, uh, couples only cruise, which was back in, uh, what was that back in November? And we, we enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think, if you listen back to our trip recap, we, we, we didn't really know what to do, uh, in the rainforest room, but it was, it was fun. I mean, we, I think we both said we would do it again, uh, on a trip without our kids because it really is pretty relaxing. I mean, there, you know, it has the different, uh, showers in there that you can use. It's got the hot stone massage chairs, the, the hot tubs, um, you know, the saunas, the, uh, you know, the steam rooms, it's got all kinds of really good stuff in there. So we would definitely do that again. And I would recommend that, um, as far as the differences between the, the classic and the newer ships, there aren't a whole lot of differences. I mean, it's, um, it senses spa on both of them. So, uh, you know, it's managed by the same company and, uh, you know, the size is a little bit bigger, obviously on the fantasy, it's a little bit more, uh, excuse me on the fantasy and the dream. It's a little bit more updated, but you know, for the most part, treatments and stuff are all the same inside the spa on the dream and the fantasy though, you will find a juice bar. So there is, you know, that's one difference between, um, the, the, the dream class ships and the magic class ships. All right, moving on. Sarah T, what type of food and or theming would you like to see the new ships have in the main dining restaurants? Do you hope to see Lighthouse Point keep the low-key island feel of Castaway Key, or should they go for thrills and adventure like Coco K? Great question. So uh, first off, on the main dining restaurants, I would love to see a Moana-themed main dining restaurant. My family is a huge Moana fan. I think with the visuals uh, in that movie, I think you could really do some really fun things, really awesome things with a, a main dining restaurant themed uh, toward that. And, uh, you know, maybe have it, uh, you know, I don't know what the food theming would be um, in there, but, you know, maybe similar to uh, uh, like Ohana at, at uh, 
at uh, at the Polynesian Resort at Walt Disney World. I think that'd be cool. So Moana theme. Another thought I had was, you know, uh, maybe an, uh, a a uh, a uh, Little Mermaid themed main dining restaurant. I think that'd be pretty cool. The I forget which show it is. Dream, you know, Disney Dreams or Disney's Believe or something. They they do a uh, an under the sea. Uh, song and you know the stage fills with bubbles I think they could really do some fun things with a, a Little Mermaid themed restaurant on one of the uh, uh, on, on one of the new ships so that's another thought that I've had I'd love to see them mix in some um, you know some Mexican food I love Mexican food uh, you know, you do see it sometimes on the breakfast buffet they'll have the Mexican burrito uh, Mexican bref- breakfast burritos um, but you know, I'd like to see them mix in a little bit more of that. The one thing I would absolutely love to see on a Disney cruise ship is some sushi. And I, I you know, whether that be a quick service uh, up on, you know, on the pool deck or um, a specialty dining restaurant, but have a, a, a sushi menu, I think that would be a fantastic addition to a Disney Cruise Line ship and something that I would really love to see. So that is high, high up on my list. And then the last thing that I came up with was uh, is a smoothie bar. I'd really love to see a smoothie bar, you know, one where you basically just make your own smoothie. They have the fresh fruit there, and you can add juices or whatever. Um, you know, they have they have t- smoothie stands, but you know, it's not really a, a smoothie bar. They're kind of pre-made uh, smoothies. I, I think it'd be really cool to see kind of a make your own smoothie bar. So that's what I came up with. <laughs> All right, Chris B asks, what should they put in place of the basketball courts? A bar, a specialty burger place, DVC sales center. Um, <laughs> I, I've made my opinion very clear about the, uh, the basketball court on the, on all the ships. And my answer, Chris is any of the above, anything else, just, it takes up too much space, uh, and it doesn't get, uh, enough use. And that's my opinion. I just, uh, <laughs> I I can't think of anything specific that I would want to go there. I just think there's so much that could be done with those spaces. Uh, I think expanding the pool decks is priority number one. You know, either making larger pools or more pools or anything like that is priority number one. But um, anything else besides <laughs> besides those um, space uh, gobbling basketball courts. Tim B asks, when the DC when DCL gets up and running, do you believe passengers will be required to wear masks? Unfortunately, my answer is yes. I do believe that they, uh, in certain areas, they probably will require people to wear masks. Um, I believe they will probably provide them for people. Uh, but yes, I, I think they probably will be required for um, for some amount of time. Ashley P. asks, what excursion types are best for families? Uh, she asked a few questions, so I'll answer them one at a time. What excursion types are best for families? So uh, it, it, this is a really hard one to say, too. My family does a lot of uh, beach excursions, so we like to go to the beach. We like to just hang out uh, you know, in the sand. The kids love to go in the ocean. So we look for, for those type of, types of excursions. Um, we try to avoid ones with a lot of walking around you know, any walking tours or, or stuff like that. We, you know, my kids don't do well with that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, anything that, uh, gets us to the beach is, uh, is typically what we look out for. 
Uh, what is the best mixture of ice cream flavors for a swirl cone? <laughs> I thought this was a funny question. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ashley, for asking it. I am a very, I'm very traditional when it comes to my soft serve ice cream. I like the standard vanilla and um, and chocolate swirl. That's what I'll have nine times out of ten. Every once in a while, they'll have a mango uh, flavored. Um, soft serve ice cream and if you know me mango anything is like my favorite thing ever and so i'll mix that with uh you know with whatever i, I think they had it with strawberry potentially i, I don't remember exactly I, i've only seen it one other time but that was pretty good too uh so i would recommend that one as well and finally if you had a large onboard credit what how would you spend it so first of all i would definitely spend it on a cassidy key cabana uh there's no question about that if that is, if I could get it, of of course, you know it's those. It's hard to get unless you're booking a, a concierge uh, stateroom. <laughs> we are also uh, major shoppers, so we like to spend a lot of time in the uh, merchandise shops on the cruises. And you know, with a large onboard credit, I th- certainly think we could uh, we could put that to good use and 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 buy a lot of uh, merchandise. So that's probably what we would do. You know, maybe a spa treatment we'd mix in there, probably, a, you know, a specialty dinner. Uh, but I think, yeah, cabana and merchandise would be our, our largest priorities on that. Finally, Ryan uh, asks, do you think that if the CDC lifts the sale restriction, but some countries won't accept the cruise ships, that the U.S. US government would give relief on the Jones Act to allow cruises out of the USA to continue? I thought this was a really good question, and I um, it's something that I was thinking about as well. So, uh, particularly when uh, Canada announced that it was uh, closing its cruise ports until I think it was the end of July or maybe end of June. But when that happened, Disney Cruise Line, you know, even though the the cruise ports were uh, in Canada were closed, Disney didn't come out and say that the Alaska sailings were going to be canceled. They said, you know, stay tuned. We're we're trying to uh, assess our options. And I was wondering if, you know, maybe there was some consideration or maybe they were going to hope for this. So, um, you know, just to give you some background on what the Jones Act is, it's a it's an old maritime law from the early 1900s that uh, requires all goods that are transported by water between U.S. ports be carried on U.S. flagships. Uh, they must be constructed in the United States and owned by U.S. citizens and crewed by U.S. citizens and U.S. permanent residents. Um, the Jones Act also governs the transport of passengers between two ports in the same country by a vessel registered in another country. So for these reasons, under the Jones Act, the Disney ships, which are flagged at the Bahamas, they're not flagged in the United States, they can't depart from a U.S. port of call and return to a U.S. port of call without first visiting a foreign port of call. So that's why um, on the Alaska cruises, you know, leaving from Vancouver is basically essential to, um, you know, to Disney being able to sail from there because it's leaving from a foreign port um, and it can visit the United States and return to the foreign port. Uh, a few years back, they used to depart from Seattle. That was actually how we went to Alaska. We flew to Seattle and sailed from Seattle. Um, but in order to do that, we had to stop in Victoria, Canada, uh, in, in British Columbia before returning back to Seattle. So, you know, that, that was a way for, um, you know, Disney Cruise Line to sail out of Seattle. 
And when Disney was saying they were assessing their options, I was wondering if maybe they were looking into being able to sail out of uh, Seattle and, you know, going up to Alaska and not having to visit a Canadian port of call. Uh, you know, this was before, you know, obviously they knew how long that they were going to be um, shutting down for the coronavirus. But something that I thought that, you know, they might be considering and, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe to try to get the, the cruise industry back up and running. This is something that uh, the, uh, you know, the, the um, United States government would consider that they may allowing temporary relief. Um, from the Jones Act restrictions for the cruise ship so that they can, um, you know, be a little bit more flexible with with the way they sail and maybe could sail, um, f- you know, some different itineraries in and around U.S. Uh, ports of call. So very interesting question, something uh, something I've been thinking a lot about. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a possibility. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Um, you know, it's such an old law. I think uh, you, it would take a, a lot to to uh, to. to change the rules to get around that but um definitely an interesting question so uh something great to think about so that concludes uh the q a uh for you know i'll call it the quarantine q a thank you so much again for everyone who submitted questions hopefully you have enjoyed this episode uh and hopefully i was uh coherent i i felt like i rambled a little bit and <laughs> Um, hopefully, uh, I made sense and didn't stutter too much and, you know, fumble over my words like I tend to do when I start talking too fast. So, uh, I appreciate, uh, you all listening, uh, and tuning in. I know it's, uh, it's hard to, to listen to the podcast when, you know, you're not commuting to work or whatever. So I really thank you so much for continuing to listen to my podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all staying safe and, uh, I will talk to you again next time. And as always, thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.